Ultrasound Gel Podcast. Hello and welcome to Ultrasound Gel Podcast. My name is Cray Bolger and I am here with Jacob Avila and Mike Kretz. <laughs> Today we are talking gallbladders, point of care ultrasound in the emergency department, implications for surgical referral and emergency department wait times. This is in trauma surgery and acute care in July 2018 out of Canada. So gallbladder pathology is something that is on our patients' minds, I think, a lot of the time. They know somebody who had the same symptoms and it was definitely their gallbladder. And a lot of times they come in wanting to get that checked out. And we just want to know if you need surgery today or not really in the emergency department. So there's a lot of studies saying we do a pretty good job finding cholelithiasis and cholecystitis. As good as radiologists, actually. As good as radiologists, exactly. But just because we find it, does that mean a surgeon's going to go to the OR, which is always my counterpoint when I'm like, yeah, I can do this, but is somebody going to cut you open based on what I said? So surgeons often like to have that radiology-based ultrasound They want to make sure there's no other potentially complicating factors like masses. Um, Knowing what the common bile duct looks like does help them plan their operative management. So this study said, should we be using POCUS? Can it get them to the OR faster and can it shorten their ED times? Yeah, and specifically this study, as differs from other studies, wanted to see do the patients that have these positive findings in the emergency department end up getting cholecystectomy like at any time? So the population they looked at was a single tertiary care in Ontario, and they included adults who received a point-of-care biliary ultrasound by certain providers in this emergency department, excluded any pediatric patients or if there was no biliary images recorded that they could review. So this was a retrospective cohort study. They first found emergency physicians that were doing these scans, and then they said, hey, can we just follow all of the scans that you did and see what happens to these patients. They did overread those by an expert ultrasound provider, and then they basically just followed up these patients' charts to see what happened to them. Did they ultimately get surgery? How many were discharged? How many were admitted? Were they uh, referred to general surgery or not? Just a note on the design, when a sonographic finding was not present on imaging, they assumed that it was negative. So that may come into play later. They were looking at patient-centered outcomes such as how often did they return to the emergency department with abdominal pain and how long did they end up staying in the emergency department. Their primary outcome, however, was the diagnostic performance of biliary point-of-care ultrasound to predict eventual cholecystectomy. That's huge because that, I mean, that, that is what matters, right? I mean, the diagnosis of gallstones doesn't really matter per se. It just matters if that actually needs surgery or not. I mean, they even quote that like gallbladder disease is like 20 million Americans annually have gallbladder disease, but having gallbladder disease doesn't necessarily mean that you need to get it taken out. Right. Um, so I, I like, I love this endpoint. Um, and I'm wondering, like, I don't think they did it with, with this specifically, but I'm wondering what their numbers would be. Um, if they compared the radiology ultrasound, right. Like, were those numbers any different than our numbers, which I don't think they do in the study. 
All right, so they had eight providers that had training in gallbladder ultrasound, um, were the ones that identified patients. It's kind of interesting because it seems like they actually did a prospective slash retrospective, like they enrolled the patient prospectively, but looked at the images and did a chart review retrospectively. Um, so out of all of the patients that got referred to general surgery, 43% of those went on to receive a cholecystectomy. And so those were the patients that they're basing their numbers off of, their sensitivities and specificities. So as far as the sensitivities and specificities for specific ultrasound signs predicting the need for surgery, um, the gallstones being present had a sensitivity of 55% and a specificity of 92%. Sonographic Murphy sign had a sensitivity of 66% with a specificity of 95%. Thickened gallbladder wall had a sensitivity of 18% pre-low and a specificity of 98%. And overall, so if they had any positive feature, they had a sensitivity of 63% for needing a cholecystectomy and having actual cholecystitis on that cholecystectomy and a specificity of 89%. So that was a lot of numbers, but basically if they had any sign of cholecystitis, they were 89% specific for the need for an eventual cholecystectomy. Right. So that's pretty consistent with some of the numbers that we've seen in other studies. Maybe a little bit less sensitivity, but I think it's fair. So one of the things that was interesting about this study with regards to results is the vast majority of patients that got the point-of-care ultrasound also got a radiology study in the emergency department. I think an important part of that is who wanted that comprehensive. Did the ED physician feel comfortable with their read or did a surgeon request it? No. And I think that is the hurdle we run into is we don't work in a vacuum. I think you need your gallbladder out, but ultimately I'm not the one taking your gallbladder out. If I say I saw did it like as me, you know, the ultrasound director, I say I see gallstones, this patient has cholecystitis. The question is, is at what point will the surgeon be cool with that? Be like, okay, sweet. Um, you're saying he's got cholecystitis. I'm going to take him to the OR based off of your assessment of your ultrasound, which honestly, I feel comfortable with that. Um, and the literature supports that. But I don't think the surgeons are quite there yet because they assume that the radiologist is better at identifying gallstones than we are, which according to the literature is not necessarily the case. I agree. I think though, like a surgeon... Our surgeons, when they want to take somebody for an appy, don't look at the read. They look at the CT scan, right? They look at the, themselves and they say, you know, I don't really agree with that read or I do agree with that read. And so I think that they would like that comfort level with ultrasound too. Again, because you're cutting somebody open and even if it's a healthy, even more so, if it's a healthy 20-something-year-old that you're taking the OR and some bad outcome happens, I mean, it's kind of the saying like if your ship is sinking get everybody on board now there's only two people on the sinking ship right like the third is missing and i'm wondering if that's the hang up right there is the risk that they're assuming is pretty high um again do i think we're good enough at it absolutely but i think this is a big culture change the other thing is is this is one of those scans that at least at our shop we've kind of tiptoed around to keep the peace and this is a big moneymaker for radiology or it's one of their bread and butter scans. And so that gets into turf as well. Well, one, I mean, one thing that you could use if it's, you know, a money-making thing, and this is assuming that you work in an area where basically like everybody's money is pooled. 
Um, they did have a pretty significant decrease amount of time in the emergency department when the POCUS was done. So if you look at the difference in length of stay in the emergency department with patients that were referred to radiology-based ultrasound compared to those who just had the uh, POCUS alone, the people who had the POCUS alone were on average, um, were in the emergency department for 309 minutes. And if they had the radiology scan, they were there for 433 minutes. So I'm not very good at math, but it seems like that's like almost 130 minutes difference between the radiology scan versus just getting the the POCUS, which makes me think that, I mean, if you're there like, you know, almost a little over two hours, right? I mean, that could definitely translate to money because that's a bed that's not filled for another patient to be seen in. Um, So it could be an argument, but I mean, I think this is definitely multifactorial. Yeah, and also it's not a super fair comparison because they compared point-of-care ultrasound alone to point-of-care ultrasound plus a comprehensive ultrasound. So anytime you're just adding something, of course, it's going to add extra time. Still important to note. And in reality, our workflow doesn't, in the current healthcare system, doesn't really translate to anything meaningful for another department, right? That's why ED boarding is an issue. That's why so many things are an issue is each department works in isolation, funds in isolation, revenue in isolation. And so until that's not the case and everybody has shared motives, like bed turnover, length of stay, this becomes a challenge still. Political. (laughs) 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 Okay. Their other patient-centered outcome, looking at returns to the emergency department, were not that impressive. They only found one thing that was associated with returns, and that was biliary tree dilation. And there ended up being an odds ratio of 33, which is pretty impressive, but they only had three patients that actually had biliary dilation found on point-of-care ultrasound. So for that reason, the confidence intervals go from 1.8 to 630. So I I don't really know if I trust that number too much. A couple other limitations that I was concerned about. I know, Jacob, you love the idea of cholecystectomy because it's such a great patient-centered outcome, but from an emergency side of things, whether the patient has a cholecystectomy tonight versus a cholecystectomy in five years, those are pretty different things. Now, I know, I, I know in this study, it was only six months that they actually collected data for, so it, at the latest, it meant they had a cholecystectomy six months later. But uh, I'm more concerned, like, does this patient need to stay in the hospital and have surgery? Or can they go home and follow up and get it more electively? Like, how emergent was it? Like, if you just took the patients that needed emergency cholecystectomy, what would these numbers be? That, that would be an interesting study, right? Right. So that's, that's one thing. And then, you know, the fact that this was retrospective, there is always room for bias. But... More concerningly, they treated the point-of-care ultrasounds more like radiology ultrasounds because when they were looking at how accurate it was, they didn't take the original provider's interpretation. They took the expert's interpretation, the person that was looking at all these ultrasounds, and they decided if they had these findings or not. So that's a little bit not how we like to use point-of-care ultrasound, where it's the clinician treating the patient that's making the decisions and changing the management appropriately. I think, too, this is one of those realms that there's still a lot of complicating factors, too. And because it's not probably one of the more readily done ultrasounds, my least favorite term, user dependence, Mm -hmm. really comes into play with gallbladder ultrasounds. Um, 
I personally like it for when it's normal and you get to go home and get all your crap done outpatient versus if it's abnormal, then I feel like I have a different pathway. But that's where, for me, gallbladder ultrasound's the most useful in reducing length of stay is I don't think you have cholecystitis. I'm going to show you you don't have cholecystitis, and you can get all this done outpatient. That's consistent with what the authors propose at the end. They said if you have a patient that has a good story for biliary pathology and they don't have any high-risk features that would make something else more likely, and you have a positive point-of-care ultrasound, then they suggest that the surgeons could consider doing a cholecystectomy without further imaging on that patient. Ultimately, that's going to be up to the surgeon and her evaluation of the patient. (laughs) Sounds pretty reasonable to me, but I don't know if this paper really proves that because we don't know how quickly they got cholecystectomies, and 95% of these patients ended up having a comprehensive study anyways. All right, so let me recap this study. This was 283 patients on a retrospective cohort that received point-of-care ultrasounds for suspected biliary pathology. They ended up having a sensitivity of 63%, specificity of 89%, and they found that it was predictive of having an eventual cholecystectomy. So my take-home points from this article were that positive findings on an emergency department biliary point-of-care ultrasound is predictive of eventual cholecystectomy, but remember that the exam is not that sensitive overall. ED length of stay is shorter when a point-of-care study is performed compared to if you do both a point-of-care study and a comprehensive study, which is kind of obvious. Thanks to the authors for doing this great work We really appreciate how it adds to our knowledge of biliary ultrasound. Thanks to you for listening to our podcast. If you want to find out more, go to ultrasoundgel.org. You can also check us out on Facebook or Google+, or we'd love to hear from you on Twitter. We look forward to talking to you. Until then, we will talk to you later. More. Were you like, what? What of it? You you shouldn't. I was like, well. I peek where I want to. Yeah, I can look at it. Son of a.